Hi, it's Val. You're listening to the Metallic Dads Podcast. You're listening to one of the greatest Metallica podcasts out there. I mean, it's definitely in the top 11 to 13. Everybody, please, we're going to take a two-minute break while Josh goes and takes a shit. <laughs> no, he said nothing. <laughs> Maybe it's at the it's end, at the of, end the of the wood. wood. Okay. Look at that chicken to death. R.I.P. and Seek and Destroy nope. with the guest stars. Nope. Ralph Alfred's not dead. Oh, is he not? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to have a recording of James going, Temptation! <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Battalion S Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Sanford. And I'm your other host, Blake Talica. And it's been 72 seasons since the last episode dropped. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're the same person. I was going to say the exact same thing. So, and I know we said that we'd probably never do another album review, but this was just too good and too obvious not to, so. Yeah, it's the new Megadeth album. Oh, clearly. Yeah. Um, I couldn't even tell you the name of the last three Megadeth albums. I don't want to know the last three names of Megadeth albums. Unless Rust in Peace is an album name, I don't know the single, I don't know the name of a single Megadeth album. I don't think. I don't think I do either, honestly. So, without having to uh, drag this out, the song's already started, so let's just jump in yeah. without making you wait forever. 72 seasons, opening title track. It's one of the ones that was released initially. I was holding that hope it would be better stuff. I didn't hate it. I still don't hate it. It's not my favorite song on the album, but a lot of people are saying it's their top three. But it's not my favorite thing. I think that, um, I don't know. It took me a minute to like it. I'm liking it more and more the more I run through the whole album. I got obsessed with it towards the end before the album came out. Really? Especially this part. When See, it, I was that way with um, Screaming and Darkness Had a Sun. Oh, okay. I really like that one.
while we're on the title track, how are you feeling now about the album artwork? Has it grown on you now that you've heard the whole thing? It makes no sense to me in relation to the album. But then again, none of the other ones do either, if we're just being honest. Like, obviously, Master of Puppets, Ride the Lightning, for sure. But it's not about the artwork for me. I don't care. It could be yeah. a picture of fucking James Hetfield's knee. <laughs> I'd still like the album <laughs> just as much or just as little. Yeah, I think it's kind of cool that maybe each little piece has a story. Sure. But um, I do like the overall, like, cr you know, crib and all the stuff versus, like, the artwork that they use for the singles. Yeah. Which, I, I'm, they had their own little thing, but I'm just glad that that's not how basic they went with, the, with yeah, that. Yeah, I agree. Um, and I saw an interview... Uh, or read an article where they were interviewing James about the name of the album. And oh, the same one? I've heard the same one. That he wanted to name it Lux Eterna. Which I kind of like better. Well, and it fits with the yellow, yeah. So, but he got outvoted with 72 seasons. So I guess 72, I can see why, which probably makes sense for Lars and Kirk to... I'm assuming they're the ones that probably wanted 72 seasons. I, I would almost bet money on it. Because, and then Rob was like, 72 seasons. <laughs> um, you know, just because it does raise a lot of questions more, because Lux Eternus, just, there's no doubt, eternal light. Boom. Yeah. That's the end of the story. But 72 seasons, you know, there was a lot of questioning behind what in the world does that mean and gave, I guess, James the opportunity to explain. Um, so, I don't know. I'm okay with it now, but I do think that either one would have made a good yeah. album title. I can definitely see this as an opener now. I can too, yeah. Uh, I think it was you that said this would be the opener of one night and then Lux Eternal will be the opener of another. Unless they punk us out and play the whole fucking album one night, which, please... Dude, if they do that. Play it backwards. Yeah. <laughs> Please play it backwards. Oh my god. You know, technically they could because what if they did it and let Emirata fit in the slot that My Friend of Misery did when they did Black Album backwards? I'm with it. Do some sort of thrash for Struggle Within and then start the album off, you know? Nope. Um, who knows? And then if they did that, we would get a full, like, you know, one-off style show with just all kinds of randomness. Fun stuff. Reload all the way through. Fun. Load, load all the way through. There have definitely been some lyrics in this album that have stuck out to me. Nothing on this song, but there's definitely some that we'll get to that uh, I really like. Speaking of lyrics, we were riding in the car earlier. I had the kids in the car. Uh, Darkest Side of Sun starts with Temptation. We were just riding down the road. It wasn't even that loud. 
Kyle Ryan's just kind of bobbing his head along. The song goes off, and he goes, Temptation! I was like, that's my son. Right. Well, I got a song with the word temptation in it. Yeah. Not the exactly the one I wanted, but I'll take it. That's as close as we're going to get. We're going to have to change our intro now. Because I said I wanted a song that said temptation. <laughs> we finally got one. We'll swap that part out for that part in that interview we just watched. Where Rob's going, <laughs> Standard thrash There's not a whole lot of thrash on this album But it doesn't hurt my feelings No Like I think Lux is enough I know that pissed off a lot of people on the internet It did Pause it before it goes to the next one real quick so I think probably the my favorite part in this whole song is like that it's the pre-chorus or it's, it's towards the end of the it's actually no it's just the verses when he's uh, I can't remember the words but it's uh, yeah yeah I know exactly what you're talking about so I've, when he does that, I was yeah. like, yes, that's so good. <laughs> so I have a screenshot of a post from Met Club Legacy members unofficial fan page pertaining to this song. It tickled the shit out of me. It says, of course, the band fires on all cylinders, but James has never sounded better. My favorite moment is right in the beginning at a minute 36 and 72 seasonings where he screams, eating on a rack of lamb. <laughs> I'll never be able to hear that the same way again. <laughs> I'm going to fuck up a part of Vimorata for you later, too. Dude, we have to say that when we're at the show, if we remember. <laughs> and see how many people can Bite hear it. down! <laughs> okay, we can move on. Okay. <sighs> Shadows follow. I like this one a lot more than I did the first time I heard it. Yes, it was very good. I loved it from the beginning, but I... Something about, and I'm never really a fan of uh, just essentially Windows Media Player style artwork for music videos, but something about this one just fit with the song for whatever reason, just because they couldn't, they could because they're metallic, but they didn't record, you know, physical, you know, videos for every single one. So they had, they did a couple of animated stuff, and I really liked this one with a bunch of mountains and stuff. But this riff right here... This riff is something else. A lot of people really, really like this song. I've seen it in a lot of top threes. That's just a really catchy riff. Again, it leads to the fact that I... This is one of the... This is the first album... I would say I wanted to hear everything off of Death Magnetic, but I really want to hear everything off of yeah. this one. There was definitely some hardwired I could do without. I still want to hear on every, everything on Death Magnetic. There's only a couple we have of it still. Right. I could go my whole life and never hear fucking uh, Confusion again. <laughs>
something that I don't know how I'm supposed to remember all these lyrics. Dude, I know. I'm struggling. I like this. It's very loady. And then right back into that just. But I agree with them what they said. Like all of these songs look like they'd be extremely fun to play oh, live. Yeah. And that that drum, I mean that that whole this whole song so far for Lars would be nothing. Yeah, nothing he can't handle. There's not a whole lot of double bass in this album. No. There's a couple of spots, but nothing major. No fucking dire Z. Which, honestly, as much as I love it, good for him, because I would much rather him be able to... Play everything live? Yeah, me too. Than just not be able to just not play it just because he couldn't replicate it outside the studio. Black album reminiscent. Yeah, I, I like Wolf and Man. Not just because it says Wolf, but I can feel that. Let me look at my notes on this one. So <laughs> I literally just wrote Shadow Fall. Shadows follow. Opening riff is thick. T H I C C. That picture of Donald Trump. How do you like your girls? Sick. <laughs> and that's the closest we'll ever, we'll ever get to politics. <laughs> Just memes. Just memes. <laughs> uh, I got a screenshot from Jordan Blackhurst. He says, remember if you say 72 seasons is worse than saying any of your opinion on any... Your opinion on anything Metallica related is automatically void and nullified. Ooh, I like that. Go one more. Uh, somebody in the Metallica Club says, Here's my take on the new album after a first listen. It's ratings out of 10. He gave 72 seasons a 9.2, Shadows Fall an 8.7, uh, Screaming Suicide an 8.3. Gave Sleepwalk My Life Away a 9.4. Wow. Uh, you Must Burn a 9.1. Then the high, no, not the highest rated. Uh, Lux Turn 9.7. Well, we know what he likes. Yeah. Uh, were you really about to know? Crown of Barbed Wire, 7.3. Ooh, yeah. Chasing Light, a 10 out of 10. What? Darkness Out of Sun, 9.5. Too Far Gone, 7.9. Room of Mirrors, 9.7. And then you just hurt my heart with this one. Inamorata, 8.3. Oh, if I had to 10. give a 10 out of 10, it's God bless, yes. Chasing Light was not a 10 out of 10. I don't hate it, but it's not a 10 it's out of 10. It's not a 10 out of 10. But that tells me exactly where your wheelhouse is with Metallica. But I'm kind of surprised that he would have given Sleepwalk that high of a rating, because that was definitely like an I Disappear, you know, yeah. type song. Mm-hmm. 
got another one. Fuck it. This is almost over. I'll get to it in a minute. Somebody called this the uh, the Batman song. The Batman song. Because it's just shadows follow or something. They just <laughs> it has none of the lyrics or any. I mean, just other than the words shadow follow. You know, that's the only thing. Auto Trader. They got Keenan Thompson as a fucking spokesperson. You know, actually, I watched Good Burger the other day. It was on MTV. See, they're doing a sequel. I didn't see that. Yeah. I forgot how cheesy that movie was. It is, but it's good. <laughs> but when you're a kid. Oh yeah, I loved it. That was in the glory days of like all that, and so. Dude, I've been watching uh, the show on Showtime, I think it is, with Brian Cranston. It's called uh, Your Honor. Oh, I think I've heard of it. Oh, dude. It's a good. That's good. Uh, what I failed to mention at the beginning, because we just jumped right in, I had a note that talked about the interviews at the beginning of the movie. Uh-huh. And w- my favorite part about it was, first of all, Lars was the only one that had a microphone on. Yeah, that sounds right. And it was very reminiscent of like something that we would do because it was so chaotic and so not high quality. And that's what made it so funny to me was like, it was so simplified. How many fucking advertisements do we have? <laughs> I don't know. Now we're talking about sweet tarts. But Lars was the only one that had a mic. And then James was eating popcorn. Everybody had popcorn. And he kept like, he kept making fun of Lars and making a mess up. And then um, they just talked, they talked about a bunch of random stuff. But I, my favorite, I just love the awkward convo. Because it was as if they were doing like a first podcast episode. That's wonderful. Because they were talking about the album and their sales, and it was just kind of so freaking weird. I loved it. Screaming Suicide. Did we release an episode about this one? Because I'm failing to remember this. Fuck, I don't know. <laughs> I, think we, I think we just did Lux. Well, let's just refresh my memory so we don't get corrected. Yeah. Somebody will. Metallosads. Metallosads. It's our emo podcast. That's our Tyler Childers podcast. Oh, God, I hate them. So fucking Yeah, much. we did. Episode 38. Did we? Okay. Yeah. That's, it was only a 13-minute episode, still, though. These days, take what you can get. My uh, wife loves the fuck out of Tyler Childers, and it's the most depressing shit I've ever heard in my it's life. All... And it, speaking of that, it hurts my heart to see stuff on TikTok when people call people elder emos. Oh, fuck them. And it's like, okay, well, I'm one of those. But anyways, that's your elder emo phase. Is like, Yes, oh. I saw the best fucking meme. Oh, and I said it to her because it tickled me so hard. She got so mad. I saw this meme. It says, uh, hey, all you elder emos, how's your sad cowboy face going? Exactly. She wants to go see him, and I'm like, you want me to fucking kill myself in the middle of the show? Go with Danielle. So I got a screenshot from Metallica's Facebook in the comment section. Um, something going on with 72 Seasons. And uh, Mr. Kirk, not Hammett. Uh, Mr. Hammett! Mr. Hammett! Uh, says, I'm going to say this in the most kindest way. 
That tells you right there you're a fucking idiot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm an old man, 58. I was around when Kill 'Em All first came out, and I bought it. It blew my mind. Listening to this saddens me. It's like mall metal, safe for all the kiddies. Some stuff I dig, but my Metallica is gone. Yeah, your Metallica left in 1994, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, remember they sold out the Blackout. Oh. So, 1991? Well, we gave our comments already on this song, but I had not seen the music video until the show. Yeah. So, I had also not seen the 72 Seasons video. The only yeah. one I had seen I was Love. I seen anything but what's turned So... Lars broke out the white Tama for this song. Really? Yeah, I was digging it. I was kind of like, I wish he would bring that back out on the road because it would fit with this aesthetic. I'm surprised he doesn't have a set of yellow Tamas for this. I'm, yeah, I just feel like that might be, he might, that might be, of course, white is all very blank, but. It's Lars, he likes to be fucking eccentric. It's not too late for him to break it out. It's still 13 days. He might have just not broken it out for a music video. I'm so ready for that set list to come out. Dude, here's what I... I talked to this about this to Paige earlier. I'm wondering if they're going to trickle out new stuff. I'm thinking they're going to trickle out the set. I don't think... I don't know that they would handle all brand new songs within the first two shows. No, I'm, I'm sure it'll be different. Unless they've rehearsed them like crazy. They're supposed to be in Europe right now rehearsing. That's why Rob was already over there. Gotcha, because that's a lot of material to remember. It is. And we know how they are. Yeah, they're going to do what they want to do. So I, I would be surprised if they really, if they do... A whole hell of a lot? Yeah. I'm, it'll give us a general idea. And try idea to like break it in as they... Where we're going. I hope they don't try to save some for 2024, because that's going to suck. Yeah. I don't want to wait that long. I will. I don't want to. I like this. Yeah, I think this is probably my favorite song, part of the song. We're going to have just the sweet spot. Because if I was to go see the Amsterdam show like Val, I wouldn't be ready. There's no way I'm going to remember all these <laughs> words in 13 freaking days. But you give me till August. August? I'm going to be I'll good. have the majority of I'll them. be golden. I'll have what I need, damn it. Yeah, I'll be ready. You know, I remember uh, to fake, fake my way through it if I have to. I remember to. when Hardware came out and we had to see it the next day. I was like, fuck. Uh, I know there's a lot of the word fuck in the song. Shit. <laughs> but I did not know the verses yet. No. And I, I knew some of it. I listened to it enough, but I did not know enough of it. Now, which one... I, I'm still learning all the names. Which one keep telling me is like I disappear this one that's what I thought sleepwalk my life away mainly because of this intro when he does like the teaser of the riff yeah okay yeah where's Tom Cruise jumping through buildings and shit 
Mm -hmm. I really actually enjoyed the music video for this one too because they were actually a part of it. Um, that also kind of gave, because funny enough, they were also in the desert for this video. It was dark and it was like mountainous range desert, but that's also kind of why I hinted it. I disappeared because that's of funny. Kirk running in the desert from that airplane. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, where are my notes on this one? So, Sleepwalk. Uh, I disappear style from the, from the beginning. And then, um, I'll talk about the end of it later. But it, I like this song. I love though. a good load, just high elbows, like a motherfucker. And I know nobody understands that, <laughs> but that's been a thing forever. Yes, it has. I'm sure we're going to mention this multiple times, but my God, did James just freaking give it everything in there's, the booth. There's lots of part, <clears throat> there's lots of times on this album where the vocals remind me of Garage Days. Yes, I can totally feel that. But what I really like is, is this. I fucking love this. This is wonderful. I can, because I can feel it live. Yeah, yes. <laughs> but in, in a fucking sea of sweaty people just oh, screaming dude. it. I wish I could see how I'm dancing right now because it's just like it's kind of like a like a rock back and forth kind of thing. Um, but it's unlike. Kind of what he did in Hardwired, and definitely unlike what he did in Death Magnetic, I can feel the live yeah. sound from him in this record. Not like, in Death Magnetic, and the only reason I can in parts of Hardwired is because we saw some of those songs so many fucking times. Yeah, but through on some of these, it, you could see how some it's just going to bleed right in and just yeah. be just perfect. Because I felt like he was, it wasn't just, a lot of time went into it. It doesn't feel like it was just rushed or like. I've been working on it since COVID. That's been, what, three years? Yeah. It felt very. And probably done in two. It felt rehearsed, but also at the same time, it feels very fluid. It feels very, um, you know, well thought out and meticulous. And they really concentrated to make sure that everything felt right. And I didn't quite understand that with the singles until the whole thing came out. Because yeah, I was a little worried about the repeats. Yeah. Um, but I've... <coughs> I understand where they're going with that now. screenshot somewhere it's originally from Twitter I'm pulling off somebody's Facebook uh, James not Hetfield says <laughs> this, this is all their alt accounts <laughs> yeah James Gogan I, I don't know whole thing sounded like hardwired to self-destruct part 2 
Inamorata was just my friend of misery part two itself. Disappointed overall in the album. What? James, you can go fuck yourself. That doesn't make any sense. This one. Good God. Frame 313 on Twitter. I pulled off somebody's Facebook. Uh, it's like a bunch of copy-pasted riff ideas that has no groove or flow. Did I not just make the comment to you, I believe it was yesterday, it's the most, not to sound like it's the 70s, but it's the grooviest Metallica album we've had since Loader Reload. Yes. There's there's so much, like, I, don't, I can't figure out how to explain it. That right but, there, that is a fucking Black Sabbath riff. Just beefed up a little bit. Uh, he also says, it's fine to have 10-minute songs, but if every riff is unremarkable, what's the point? But they're not unremarkable, though. Like, if you real like, listening to the, what we just heard, that little breakdown right there, that feels good. Yeah. And it ends it with the whole album sounds like failed demos that didn't deserve saving. That guy must have listened to the new Megadeth album on accident. Oh, so my note was that uh, was talking about that riff, that Black Sabbath riff you're yeah. talking about. It says the down riff towards the end is heavy, very groovy, with a nice little Lars Tom feel too. So, there you go. All right, well here's a good review. I'll get to it when this one's over. Tell you what though. It's been a couple of years. I say a couple. It's been at least a decade since I've lost my voice at a Metallica show. But I have a feeling it might oh, happen. Oh, it might happen. It's been a long <laughs> time since I've actually lost my voice. That, that, that feel right there. Yeah. Now that is just classic Metallica. That's, that's how you go to that. Yep. They set themselves up for that one perfectly. And then Lars stands up and... Yep. <laughs> and does the little yeah. finger flick. <laughs> oh, fuck. Tinder? All right, so this is a good spot for me to pull up what I had. So, uh, while we're sitting through these ads, um, hashtag not sponsored. Uh, <laughs> Hashtag you could be a sponsor. <laughs> Somebody posted on Facebook, uh, Anthony Murphy on the Met Club Legacy member page. Uh, fun little fact that makes you wonder where the time has gone. So, 72 seasons was released just two days shy of being the exact amount of time from St. Anger as St. Anger was from Kill 'em All. Which means by the time this episode goes out, more time will have passed between St. Anger and now than the time between Kill 'em All and St. Anger. So what you're saying is St. Anger is basically like the first four and is just as good and everybody else can eat a dick? I mean, if you think about it, St. Anger is now in the middle of Metallica's career. Yeah. <laughs> Like, if you came online right at St. Anger, that's your kill them all. You better be careful saying that. 
Is that going to make the intro now? <laughs> oh my gosh. I want to start getting death threats. Mm-hmm. At least, well, at least I didn't say St. Anger was better than Master of Puppets. Yeah, you didn't say that. I have a friend in New York right now who's a travel agent, and uh, I asked her if she had seen any of the um, billboards because they've got one on Times Square That's tonight. That's sick. Yeah. I'm sure they won't have it by the time we're there, but... Uh, all right, you must burn. This is such just like an 80s fucking... I'm doing the chicken head, yeah. you know, head bob right now. This is the sad but true of the album, if yeah. there was one. Like, this is the chuggiest riff, in my opinion, as far as, like, on purpose, yeah. when, when it's the driving. Lars, when they asked him about his thoughts on the song, he literally had no words on how to describe this riff. I've seen a lot of people post about this. He literally just said it was Erland. Yeah. Just Er. Erland. <laughs> Which is perfect. So basically, that was Lars saying it was dump truck head. Yeah. You know, I, I can kind of feel that. And this was a cool video, too. I, I don't know if it was on purpose or if it was an, like an artistic style or something happened, but there were a lot of instances during this particular video where when it would clip to Lars on certain ankles, it looked like it was still buffering. It was all blurry. And not like... It was like grainy blurry, so like deliberately buffer style, like it like it bumped down to like 480p on YouTube. Random. But then when it would jump back to change or somebody, it would be back to clear, crystal clear. It's random. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the deal with that was, so, but I'm sure I'm not the only one that noticed that. I actually have a couple of positive things of screenshot on Facebook. Um, one of the, I believe it's the Met Club members or Legacy members page, I don't know. Ken says, now listen to the albums three times through. Definitely think it is so much more consistent than Hardwired and the best thing for me since Load. Wow. Um, best feels, thing since Load? That's yeah. a statement. It feels like it ties together more cohesively, maybe because it has a theme and a strand that runs through it all. I think that binds it together. It's all about one man, though. The big thing for me here is James Hetfield. It's a bold claim, but I'm going to say it. This is the greatest, or this is the best vocal performance James Hetfield has ever recorded on an album. I genuinely believe it. He sounds outrageous. His voice has a power, soul, and grit that seems to somehow pull everything great about his vocals over his career and assimilate it into one set of performances. It's got everything from every era in there, all home to perfection. Wow. That is a heck of a review, but I would have to agree 100%. There, there's vocal notes from 40 years. Every album, for the most part, is fucking covered vocally. Yeah, and you can just, you can feel it in the lyrics. You can feel it, feel it in the inflection. Like, he wasn't bored in the booth. He, he was, he wanted to be there. Yeah. And that's what felt good. Like, Hardwired... I don't know. There's some hit or misses vocally on Hardwired, and it has nothing to do with the editing, you know, the mastering. Um, but this one, like, he nailed it every single time. 
And I also think it was good for him to write the style of lyrics, just if, it, if nothing else, for himself. Like, get that all out there. This is a Black Sabbath riff, more so than anything else on this fucking album. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And this. This is fucking reload. Re-reload right here. <laughs> very... Yeah, with the, the ominous har harmonies. Yep. It's very... Uh, this, Ooh, yeah, this good. right here is some 1978 to 1982 early, early metal. It's exactly what this is. This sounds like Tony Iommi playing. time talking about Kirk solos. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I made a bold statement with Lux and Turner. I still stand by it. It's definitely not as phoned in as Hardwired was. No, 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 no. On the solo aspect. Yeah. There's some I like, there's some I don't love. I'm, of course, and I think we've said this multiple times, I've never been a solo person. That's not what I look for in the song. Yeah. So that's not... Great, I can comment I, on one all day long, but it's yeah, not... It's not going to keep me uh, away or, you know, draw me towards it, but... Uh, I wouldn't imagine what solos won't say that here. It didn't bother me a bit. Right, because I can have them or leave them. But I'll tell you this, I do have a favorite solo on this house. Okay, I don't know that I'm there yet. Oh, I haven't. I, I haven't, uh... I don't know. I need more time before I can make that decision, I guess. I'll let you know when we get to it. I think the lyrics of the song may have a bit to do with uh, some recent life changes in James Hetfield's life as well. I thought. Yeah, it could be. <laughs> I don't see a way that they don't play this song. I think they're gonna blow up. Good with it. So good with it. What is this song? I haven't heard this one yet. I love what this song is about. Yes. Like, this just tugs on my heartstrings like fucking the one-line in Whiplash. <laughs> like, it, it's about fucking, they say a live show, it's about seeing fucking Metallica. Oh, yeah. 
And I get, it's so funny, however many times I've heard the song, I still get the biggest smile on my face when it's starting. It's great. It's such... Like, don't get me wrong, I'm not, it doesn't have to be thrashed, but when they put out a good one, God damn it, I love it. And this is a good one. It's not exactly fucking, uh, what was the fucking random one they put out that we saw it in Canada? Not on an album. Lords of Summer. Lords of Summer. I think this is what they were trying to do with Lords of Summer. And just didn't get there. I can see that. They wanted some sort of anthem. This is a funky anthem. Yeah. When they played it on Kimmel, like, they nailed it, too. Oh, it's way better than the L.A. show they did. Yeah, it, it, it's very much locked in. I love that line. That's straight out of 84. 83, whatever. Yeah, it's good. I cannot wait to just freaking scream sing this song. Yeah. My body is ready. I don't need more lyrics, but goddammit, I'll end up with lyrics from him and Marauder. I'm sure he will. I have a favorite spot in in, in a Marauder. I do too. And I bet it's probably the same. I guarantee you it's the same spot. <laughs> well, I don't know. I think we, we might have talked about it already, but we'll, we'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. Man. I've got a bold statement for that spot, too. <laughs> that, that's what you call a controversial Metallica. Mustaine just came in and stole the last part of the record, so we're going to have to continue this later, I guess. He said that he deserves credit for the last six songs, and um, so I guess we're going to court. Alright, well tune in next... Now fuck you too, dude! (laughs) Metallica! (laughs) We'll see y'all next week. See ya. Thank you for listening to a complete episode of the Metallic Dads Podcast. We appreciate you spending your time with us. If you enjoy what we're doing around here, please leave us a review on the Apple iTunes Store and on Facebook. Speaking of Facebook, you should follow us on our socials. That's on Facebook and Instagram, Metallic Dads Podcast. Uh, we'd like to have you on the show, so send us an email or contact us at metallicdadspodcast at gmail.com. And as always, thanks for listening. <laughs>